Hey, who knows that Easter is fast approaching and I want us to be prepared this Easter. And so I'm preaching over the next couple of Sundays some of the things I think were dear to Jesus' heart. Um, And the first of those is, of course, love your neighbour. And I I, I spied this image and I thought, really, in Australian culture, this this TV program has defined how we think of if we mention the word neighbour. And in fact, if we see that and we hear the theme music, there's that thing that crawls up the back of your spine when you, when you hear it. But the idea of, of neighbours and neighbourhood in, in our minds has, has, for better or for worse, been influenced by that program. But... It's, it's much deeper than this. The whole idea of loving your neighbour, most of us, I think, get it from that verse in Matthew, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, When Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second, equally important. Now, I'm not, still not sure how you can have the greatest commandment and then the second one, which is also the greatest commandment. But that's what Jesus is saying. He says, love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And if you read Mark 12 verse 30 and Luke 10 27, it says exactly the same thing. So this, this is important. It comes up in, in the, the three uh, synoptic gospels uh, as something that Jesus says. So there's, there's an import there and an impact which is very important. And in fact, I think we, we, often, we often think this is one of those pivot points where the distinctives that we have as Christians departs from Jesus' roots as, as, a, as a Jewish rabbi, where he, he actually distills everything. Because who's ever read any of the uh, Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament? There's, there's a lot of stuff. Leviticus is a very interesting book. Uh, full of hundreds and hundreds, and numbers, numbers is almost as interesting. Um, strangely enough, I don't know whether you know this, but in Hebrew, they don't have, in the Jewish Bible, there isn't a book of numbers. It's not called numbers, it's called wandering in the wilderness, which is what they do. And it sounds far more interesting, I'd rather read about wanders in the, wandering in the wilderness than numbers, but I don't like maths. But Anyway, so there's this whole point here where Jesus distills all of these laws into two statements and so we we sort of think this this love your neighbor is a Christian thing it's the hallmark of the early church and yet if we if we look at that in the wrong way we can easily assume that it isn't part of the Old Testament and yet it comes from the the very middle of the Torah in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18 which says do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite but love your neighbour as yourself. I am the Lord. So that sort of punctuation tends to indicate that this, this is something God's serious about. So the idea that God's people should place a high value on the people around them is a theme from the very beginning of Scripture. And interestingly, that the questions that seem to arise naturally from this command have always been the same. They're the same two questions that people ask. The first one is, Who is my neighbour? And the second one is, how do I love my neighbour? What am I practically 
meant to do. It all sounds very nice, but have you met my neighbour? Um, and so, and we know that they, people struggled with this to begin with. I mean, Cain and Abel, very small, tight-knit community. You'd have thought that Cain would have recognised Abel as his, his neighbour. In fact, he should have recognised him as his brother. But he got a bit jealous and he committed a small murder. And, and, and in Genesis 4.8 it says, Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. It's one of those sort of horror movie tropes. You know, the girl left inside with the telephone ringing or whatever. You know that they're in trouble. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? Well, I don't know, he says. Am I my brother's keeper? And he's being very sarcastic here, but of course the answer is yes. We are called to be our brothers and sisters' keepers. We are called to care for our neighbours. And it's interesting, you notice that in that passage in Leviticus I quoted, that the term neighbour has, has, has sort of expanded from brother with Cain and Abel, to Israelite. So somebody in the same tribe as you is a neighbour. It's a nice clear definition. But then of course, there's a progression into the New Testament where in Luke's Gospel we see that Jesus has asked that same question. Um, who is my neighbour? And Luke 10.29, and it says he wanted to justify his actions. So he asked, and who is my neighbour? And we know that Jesus replied with the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Samaritans were another group of people uh, with whom the, the uh, Jewish people had basically a, a running uh, battle of um, hatred and contempt. Uh, it was one of those sort of wars where nobody could remember why they were fighting it, but it was so deeply ingrained that Samaritans hated Jews and Jews hated Samaritans, and that, that was never going to change. Um, we won't go into the theological reasons. But he tells that story to indicate that the definition of neighbour needs to be expanded to people who may not share our same culture or who may not even share our beliefs. And he, he asked that question in, in Luke 10.36. Which of these three... Because Do you remember? I, I don't need to go through the story, do I? Three people, the man got mugged. Three people went past, two of them sort of ignored him and the third one uh, took him to hospital and got him fixed up. And the third one, of course, was a Samaritan who didn't even like the Jews and so the fact that he'd actually done a good deed was surprising uh, to the people listening. And so he says, which of these three would you say was a neighbour to the man who was attacked by bandits? And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So this, this was one of these mind-expanding moments where this, these Jewish people who had been content to think of their tribe, the people in their tribe as neighbours, and sometimes they didn't even do that very well, were now being told, no, neighbor, neighbor, your neighbourhood has expanded. There are more people in this world that you are to call neighbours. And it's interesting here that apart from opening up a whole new world of, of neighbours, um, I was going to play the theme again then, but I thought hearing it once was bad enough. Um, but it also, I don't know whether you've noticed, gives a clue on how to practically love our neighbour. And I don't mean necessarily by helping wounded people, um, but the fact that he showed mercy. 
And this is one of the key things I think that we can, we can actually look at when it comes to being neighbourly. And so before we, before we get into that, there's, there's one thing that's always fascinated me about this, that it says, love your neighbour as yourself. Now, I, I know some people whose self-love is such that I really pity their neighbours. I'm, I'm even afraid for their safety. And there's this, this whole idea, you sort of think, why has, why has God issued a commandment? And this is, this is one of God's commandments. Why would he issue it by, and risk putting other people in danger? <laughs> because the whole idea that people's self-love varies enough, so some neighbours are going to get a good deal and some neighbours are going to want to move somewhere else. And you sort of think, well, surely God wouldn't leave that up in the air. That seems a little unfair to people. And if we, if we read it, there's, there's, a, there's a responsibility on us about loving ourselves. It's not random because we're actually called to acknowledge that God loves us. And if God loves us and we, we accept that love, something has to change in us. We are called to see ourselves differently. And it's often, it's often put like we are to look at ourselves soberly, not to judge ourselves below or above how God sees us. And if we can see ourselves as God sees us, guess what? Our self-love is going to be healthy. So we don't, we don't have to just acknowledge the fact that God has loved us. We have to acknowledge the fact that there has to be a change and a a shift in us so that we can actually love our neighbour the way God wants us to. Because, I mean, mercy is one of the key ones. Because who knows, we ha- we, God showers his mercy on us. And that makes us feel special so we go and be mean to other people. And there's even examples, Jesus tells stories in the Bible. You know, there's the man who gets forgiven his debt by the king. And so he goes out, first thing he does is goes out and, and kicks the guy who owes in money to try and get the money out of him. And when the king hears of this, he's not happy. And this is what we often do with the mercy that Christ shows us. We go out and beat other people around the head with it because we're holier than them. Whereas actually we're called to give that same mercy that Jesus has shown us. And it's interesting that the phrase, love your neighbour as yourself, in, in all the scriptures I've just quoted you comes second, doesn't it? But it's interesting. You look in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 14 and Paul takes it a step further and he states it like this. He says, for the whole law can be summed up in this one statement. Love your neighbour as yourself. So he's got rid of the first bit because the people, he's talking to people, he's assuming that they've got that. That they've got that. It may come as two statements, but they work together. You cannot separate them. You cannot love God without loving your neighbour. You cannot truly enact the love of God in your life unless you're prepared to love your neighbour. Because it shows if you don't, can't love your neighbour, you don't understand the love God's given you. Heavy, isn't it? All those people you've been mean to. And it's a, I know it's a struggle. See, we need to make sure that before we do good works or before we decide that God, we want God to see us doing good things for our neighbours, 
We need to let God know that what he's done in us is working. That we need to receive God's love and think of ourselves as God thinks of us. And once we realize that God has shown us mercy and grace and compassion, we can do that for other people. Loving your neighbor means showing them grace, acting with compassion, looking out for their well-being. It, it always interests me. People ring the church number during the week, and because it's on my mobile phone, they get me. And I answer them. And they're often either asking for help or advice or, or, or something, which, which is great. I love, I love to do that. And sometimes I can help people, and sometimes I can't. And I've got, my love language is, is affirmation. I mean, if people, if people say, thank you very much, I love, love your work, I'll do it free. So, well, most of it. <laughs> but I mean, even with my graphics work, Vicky has to stand over my and say, no, you've got to charge those people. You're doing a job. But if, if somebody said to me, oh, I love what you're doing, that's great, that's, that's enough. Um, and so that, that's part of my job I, I really like. Um, but it's amazing. I reckon every single person who rings me, whether I've been able to help them or not, says, sorry for bothering you. And that makes me so sad. I'm here to be bothered. It's my job. Don't apologize for bothering me. If you're bothering me, I'll tell you. But otherwise, please, if I can help with something, I'd love to. Just tell me I've... You can even lie, tell me I've done a good job. <laughs> um, but that's, that's one of the things, that's, that's my heart for my neighbours is, is to help them. Now I've had to curb that a bit because I've, I've noticed that some of the neighbours I have don't want my help. Um, I, can, I, can, I can get carried away with the advice I give. I'm sure nobody's ever noticed that. But um, you know, I like to give advice, even when it hasn't been asked for, even when it may be, even be irrelevant. Um, but... Yeah, we, we need to actually do that and, and look out for our neighbours, treat them with grace and compassion and, and, and help. It, it, we, we need to actually get into a habit of doing that. And so I, lo I love that when I'm able to help people. And it also means serving them, speaking kindly of them and making allowances for their humanity. And sometimes that is really hard. Um, I do um, graphics work for a textile company um, part-time and I work with a number of people, they're a fairly big company. And so they send me a request, usually it's because they've got a client who wants a logo or a print or something on a, on a garment, and they want to see what it looks like. And so they, they say, look, it has to be this sort of garment and we want this in green on the back, uh, so big, whatever, and, and I'll mock that up and send it off to them. But there's one, one particular person who's, and, I, and I've never met him, and so I don't know him at all. But he has God's gift to make the simplest instructions complicated. He can give an instruction on one line which he then counteracts with the next line. And, and by the end of reading his emails, I, I have to go and have a cup of coffee. I just like, I cannot handle it. I'm going to go away and sit down. And Vicky will tell you, sometimes I just throw my hands up. Sometimes I get her to read it. You decipher this for me. And... and uh, using her intuition, sometimes she actually is a lot better at deciphering it than me. But this happens every single email I get from him. And I've taken to 
correcting him on occasion. Sort of, it would help if you would do, and I've, I've been very gentle about it, but what I want to do is write an email that would blister the paint on the walls. You stupid, why, are you, why can't you just simply just, and, but, and, and that wells up in me, but I have to, sometimes I just have to go away and pray. Say, God, help me with this. Because I, I, I don't know his situation. I don't know what issues he's facing that make him like, like that. And it, it isn't, I'm not his judge. I mean, I hate the fact that he makes my life difficult, but he probably doesn't know he is. So it's unfair for me to take it. So I actually have to work really hard at allowing his humanity not to derail my peace. And I only tell you that, that example to show you that it, this isn't always easy. This isn't just something that we cruise along and say, yeah, God, I, God's shown me mercy. I can show anybody mercy I like. Sometimes we want to, not physically, but punch people in the face, but we, we want to get confrontational with people. Some people might. No, that's, that's a no-no, by the way. Um, but lo- loving our neighbour doesn't just mean doing good things for them. It means changing our heart about how we see them. And sometimes I think that is the hardest thing to do. Because these people, especially you know, like the guy I deal with, don't know what they're doing. It's not the physical work that I'm asked to do that causes me stress. It's the fact that I have no idea what I'm being asked to do that causes me angst. And yet, the whole world is full of problems like that that we face. I don't think I'm the only one who faces that, that sort of thing. But it's how we react to it that determines whether we really love our neighbour. And sometimes Vicky has to remind me quite strongly that I love my neighbour. But it, it, it's one of those things that I struggle with. But it's part of the whole deal of being compassionate, showing grace, showing mercy, and looking out for their well-being. It also means to share in their joys and their sorrows and forgiving them. That's often the hardest thing. We'd like to be forgiven for the things that we do wrong, but we find it hard to forgive others because they're, they're hurting the most important person in the world, me. And yet Jesus says here, the most important in the world is not you, it's actually your neighbour. And so it, it takes effort. We have to make a constant effort to turn around our thinking to align ourselves with what Jesus wants. And it, I don't believe it's, an, there's no answer to this. It's not one day you turn around and think, oh, God has revealed to me the way I can love my neighbour and it's all easy peasy from here on in. I think it's one of those tensions that we manage day by day to actually be the person who Jesus has called us to be. Can I get you all to stand? I was going to get you up the front and open up the altar, but I think uh, given... The virus is floating around. It might not be the best idea. So I just want to pray over us this morning where we stand and help us because next week's going to be even harder because guess what comes after loving your neighbour? Loving your enemies. So please come next week. (laughs) Who your enemy is might surprise you.
But let's just, let's just pray. Lord, we ask you to help us be a blessing to our neighbours. Not just to those who are close to us, but also those we communicate with at a distance. Help us be good Samaritans to someone this week. Give us the strength to live by your commandment of love. Guide us through Jesus, because it's through Christ all things are possible. Let us not close our hearts to those who are in need. Help us share the blessing that we've received from you with those who ask for it. Lord, I ask you to open our hearts to receive genuine love for your commandments. Teach us to love you above all else and to love our neighbours as we love ourselves. Help us to desire the best for our neighbours. Grant them peace of mind, success in their endeavours and happiness in seeking your love. May we do everything with love and may it be the driving force for our obedience to your commandments. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.